Welcome to the Ether. Today is Tuesday, February 28th, 2023. Today on the Ether, roving with Riona. The craft of writing. Today, discussing hyperbole. Let's take a listen. Hello, hello. Good morning, everyone. This is Roving with Rihanna, the craft of writing. Today, we're going to be talking about hyperbole. So I have a few things I want to talk about before we really jump in to hyperbole. So I wanted to let you know, give you a little bit of an introduction to those of you listening now or those of you listening in the future. I am Rihanna Morgan, and this is The Craft of Writing, and I'm so glad you're here, and I can't wait to talk to you about writing. First of all, I thought I'd give you a bit of a background to who I am. I began my professional career as a writer and a teacher. For many years, I taught English and writing, and at one point, I was even a professor who taught English teachers how to be English teachers. My goal by presenting Roving with Rihanna, the craft of writing, is to discuss techniques and strategies with other writers like you who are always learning and experiencing and experimenting with techniques and strategies as we go about the craft of writing. And to share what I know and to hear what you know and to hear how you approach it and just talk about how we create these beautiful scenes or these heartbreaking scenes or these things that are so impactful. And I'm always excited to see where your studies have taken you and what approaches and philosophies you use. And I want to share um, with all the listeners all of this knowledge. And so it's really um, exciting for me to be able to do this with all of you. And so today we are going to be talking about one literary element in particular uh, called hyperbole and how it appears in a work of literature, namely poetry. So hyperbole is a literary device that uses exaggeration to create emphasis or effect. It is a common technique used in literature, particularly poetry, to intensify the impact of a message or emotion. Hyperbole can range from uh, mild exaggeration to extreme hyperbole, and it can be used to create comedic, dramatic, or satirical responses or emotions in the reader. And so today we're going to talk about Lewis Carroll. He is the guy who wrote Alice in Wonderland. We'll talk a little bit about Shel Silverstein. He is an American poet, songwriter, children's author. We'll talk a little bit about uh, Nikki Giovanni and a little bit about Sylvia Plath. But we're going to keep things on the lighter side today with the things that I read. Nikki Giovanni has really heavy poetry and Sylvia Plath has really heavy poetry, but their hyperboles are no less important. I'm just in the mood to keep it light and fun today. So let's talk a little bit about Lewis Carroll and what he does. And then maybe I'll read a poem that's one of my absolute favorites that he wrote. So Lewis Carroll, his name, his real name is Charles Ludwig Dodson. He's an English author, mathematician, photographer. He is best known for his children's book, um, Alice in Wonderland, and its sequel, Through the Looking Glass. In addition to his fiction, uh, Carroll also was a prolific poet, and he uses hyperbole to create a whimsical and surreal atmosphere in his writing. One of his male most famous poems is called The Jabberwocky, and it's a prime example of his use of hyperbole. So I'm going to go grab that really quick and so we can listen to it because it's really a great, great poem. I also want to talk a little bit about The Walrus and the Carpenter and how that is a fun poem as well. And so let me just grab up 
the Jabberwocky. And we will read that. And then we'll talk a little bit more about the things that Lewis Carroll presents in his Walrus and the Carpenter. So, the Jabberwocky. Twas brillig and the slithy toves did gyre gimble in the wabe. All mimsy were the borough groves and the mome wraths outgrabe. Beware the Jabberwock, my son, the jaws that bite, the claws that catch. Beware the jubjub bird and shun the frumious bandersnatch. He took his vorpal blade, vorpal sword in hand. Long time the maxim foe he sought. So rested he by the tum-tum tree and stood a while in thought. And as in, and as in a fish thought he stood, the jabberwock with eyes of flame came whiffling through the tugly wood and burbled as it came. One, two, one, two, and through and through, the vorpal blade went snicker-snack. He left it dead, and with its head, he went galumping back. And hast thou slain the jabberwock? Come to my arms, my beamish boy, of frabjous jay, of frabjous day, kaloo kalay, he chortled in his joy. Tis brillig in the slithy toves, did gyring gimble in the wabe. All mimsy were the borough groves, and the mome rats outgrabe. Now that entire poem is really a lot of what is called portmanteau words, words that are combined with other words to create sounds and thoughts. And, and it really is definitely a hyperbole sort of poem. Anyway, and so when we look at that, we can feel the, the silliness and the fantastical vi vivid pictures that of the world that is both strange and fascinating. Okay, and so then moving on, maybe we'll want to look a little bit about, look a little bit with the poem that Carol later wrote called The Walrus and the Carpenter which appears in Through the Looking Glass. And it tells the story of a walrus and a carpenter who lure a group of oysters out to sea and then proceed to eat them. So this is a really fun, fun piece. Let's get going with The Walrus and the Carpenter. The Walrus and the Carpenter by Lewis Carroll. The sun was shining on the sea, shining with all his might. He did his very best to make the billows smooth and bright. And this was odd, because it was the middle of the night. The moon was shining sulkily because she thought the sun had got no business to be there after the day was done. It's very rude of him, she said, to come and spoil the fun. The sea was as wet as wet could be. The sands were dry as dry. You could not see a cloud because no cloud was in the sky. No birds were flying overhead. There were no birds to fly. The walrus and the carpenter were walking close at hand. They wept like anything to see such quantities of sand. If this were only cleared away, they said, it would be grand. If seven maids with seven mops swept it for half a year, do you suppose, the walrus said, that they could get it clear? I doubt it, said the carpenter, and shed a bitter tear. Oh, oysters, come and walk with us the walrus did beseech. A pleasant walk, a pleasant talk along the briny beach. We cannot do with more than four to give a hand to each. The eldest oyster looked at him, but never a word he said. The eldest oyster winked his eye and shook his heavy head, meaning to say he did not choose to leave the oyster bed. But four young oysters hurried up, all eager for the treat. Their coats were brushed, their faces washed, their shoes were clean and neat. And this was odd because, you see, they hadn't any feet. Four, four other oysters followed them, and yet another four. And thick and fast they came at last, and more and more and more. All hopping through the frothy waves and scrambling to the shore, the walrus and the carpenter walked on a mile or so. And then they rested on a rock, conveniently low, and all the little oysters stood and waited in a row. The time has come, the walrus said, to talk of many things, 
of shoes and ships and sealing wax, of cabbages and kings, and why the sea is boiling hot, and whether pigs have wings. But wait a bit, the oysters cried, before we have our chat, for some of us are out of breath, and all of us are fat. No hurry, said the carpenter. They thanked him much for that. A loaf of bread, the walrus said. Is that what we chiefly need? Pepper and vinegar besides are very good indeed. Now if you're ready, oysters dear, we can begin to feed. But not on us, the oysters cried, turning a little blue. After such kindness, that would be a dismal thing to do. The night is fine, the walrus said. Do you admire the view? It was so kind of you to come, and you are very nice. The carpenter said, nothing, but cut us another slice. Slice. I wish you were not quite so deaf. I've had to ask you twice. It seems a shame, the walrus said, to play them such a trick. After we've brought them out so far and made them trot so quick, the carpenter said nothing, but the butter's bread, the butter's spread too thick. I weep for you, the walrus said. I deeply sympathize. With sobs and tears, he sorted out those of the largest size, holding his pocket handkerchief before, before his streaming eyes. Oh, oysters, said the carpenter, you had a pleasant run. Shall we be trotting home again? But answer came there none. And this was scarcely odd because they'd eaten every one. So this entire poem is so silly and so fun. And it can serve to show how ridiculous and absurd it is and emphasizing the poem's underlying themes of greed and deception, how tricky the walrus and the carpenter were to the oysters they manipulated and brought up on land. And so hyperbole, although it's fun here, it can also be used to show trickery and deceit. Anyway, overall, Lewis Carroll uses hyperbole in his poetry to create a sense of wonder and absurdity. By exaggerating language and imagery, he creates a fantastical world that is both humorous and thought-provoking. His poetry continues to be beloved by all readers, readers of all ages, and his use of hyperbole remains a hallmark of his unique and imaginative style. I see that we have a few listeners here with us, and I'm going to take a second and reset the room and introduce what we are doing today here with the Roving with Rihanna show, The Craft of Writing, Hyperbole. And so I see we have Tara Spaces here. Thank you so much for coming. I really, really appreciate it. And we have Finn, who is with us as well. And I'm going to send you an invite in case you'd like to come up and share a little bit about what you've got going on in your world, please feel free, because I would like to hear it. GM, GM, how's it going? I don't usually, uh, I don't usually get on this side of the, the recording, but I saw you were discussing hyperbole, and uh, as a, a hobbyist rapper myself, uh, we, we use a lot of hyperbole, probably nine, 95 yeah. to, to 98%, 99% of, of most rap music is probably hyperbole that is great that is great i'm loving this yes please please share please tell do you have something you would like to read or or maybe introduce yourself a little bit oh uh, uh dang i did i yeah. didn't didn't come prepared to read anything i, I was just listening and, and enjoying the the lewis carroll <laughs> walrus uh <laughs> poem yeah thank you thank you so maybe you could introduce yourself a little bit you said that you are yeah yeah a rapper. for sure I'm, I'm finn i I am terra spaces i run terra spaces terra spaces is just me and like three computers <laughs> three intern robots <laughs> uh, i've been doing this for just over a year now uh like full-time this is my job my livelihood so uh producing shows like roving with riona and the page dow show and rack fm and yeah. rect fm all of that stuff uh and then just the normal like spaces you guys find on on twitter that people are like hey i can't catch this will you record it for me i'm like yeah hmm. and that's not hyperbole yeah. you know that's that's a hundred percent real <laughs> so i have to pause for a moment and tell you that i so appreciate you 
And I'm so pleased whenever I see you pop up here and around. I think that you're a wonderful human. And I'm so glad that I have met you. I'm blushing digitally and IRL, not hyperbole. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you. I, I try to do what I can for, for people in the, in the space that have uh, cool things to say that if Twitter records them, that's cool. But when I first started this, the Twitter spaces that were recorded would only stay there for 30 days and then they would, you know, get off the feed. So I don't know if they've changed that since, but I like to think that they haven't and that I'm still like a, a useful tool in the, uh, in the ecosystem. But yeah, well, I, I, I love it. I love it because um, my audience is wide ranging. And so I know today's audience that there's not a lot of participation here, but there's a lot of participation elsewhere. And so hello, everyone who's listening later, Finn and I are chatting. <laughs> but um, no, I just uh, think that it's one place where all of my listeners can go and they can enjoy finding the different things, you know, because I talk about rhythm and metaphor and illusion and personification and symbolism and all of these different things. And it's in one place that's very easy to access, very easy to find. And it's, it's a lovely, it's a lovely service that you provide. And so I'm very, very grateful for that. And in addition, when Twitter blocked me, knocked me out or whatever it did, shadow banned me or whatever it did, I don't even know, you reached out and were like, hey, are you all right? And that really touched my heart because that is a lovely thing to know that there's somebody out there thinking of you in this great big space that we're all in. So I am so I'm, I'm honored to be one of your people. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to, to be able to, to do this. It, it takes a lot of time. When I first started, it was just Terra spaces. And then as I would, you know, be doing my day and my editing, people in the Terra community would reach out and be like, hey, can you record this other space or this other space? And over time, it's grown into like from one ecosystem to like 10 ecosystems and just a, a lot of other uh, shows and spaces. And uh, what I really am interested in besides writing and like space, astronomy and stuff is is all of this like historical kind of precedent that's being set in these spaces it's a lot of cool stuff that people discuss that like normal people that are not maybe so in tune with the crypto community might miss and so of i think course. putting these up on like spotify and apple and and like itunes and google like yeah. the place that normal people get their audio from i think Hopefully, if we put enough of these up there, and right now we're almost at like 2,800 spaces, I think, uh, I think eventually, like people will search for this stuff and they'll start to see it. And I think it's extremely important that the Web3 people and the crypto people learn how to write better. <laughs> and so I know the AI does a lot of this stuff now, but like... AI is so emotionless and like soulless. Right. And I mean, the art it makes is super cool, but like, yeah. it's still, you can tell, right? Like you look at that and you're like, cool, that was AI. Yeah. But like when you look at something a human made or read something a human made, right. like there's there's a deeper connection there, I think. Right. And and to be able to like capture that stuff and put it out there for people to to find, I think is super important. So happy oh. to, to be able to do it. And, and having shows like yours that are, part web three but then also part like web two and web one and like web zero you know like i love all of your typewriter stuff and all like all of the graphics that you make so yeah it's it's super cool to just be able to like tie all of that together and then have like dylan with the page dow show yeah. and and have all of these other like tentacles into these these other systems i, I think it's super interesting it, it is super interesting it is super interesting and it's so engaging and it's so motivating and so exciting and I agree with all of that. I agree that in order for, well, one, yes, go back to your original point of, yes, definitely. We do have chat GPT. We do have night cafe. We do have journey. We do have all of these other things that help us create these lovely environments that we want to have as a writer, as a creator, but then the soul of it is the person the soul of it is the person who is bringing this forth and so i really think that 
Um, learning how to utilize these tools is wonderful, but also remembering that the magic of words and storytelling comes from inside of you, you're the person. And so I just, that's why I really like doing these, these spaces is because I want to give people tools that maybe they didn't necessarily know before, or maybe they do use it, but they're not maybe necessarily realizing what is, what are we what are we trying to get at? What are we trying to do? And so, um, yeah, no, I, I love, I love this process and I'm so grateful that you're helping to memorialize it. I, I think too, that is a super important point that people should, should grasp onto is that these are just tools. They're not the end product. Right. And we don't right. know exactly what these tools are really capable of until they get explored and so right. I, I i fully understand that like people they they get a lot of like monotony in their day and they want something to just hand that off to and be like here make me five environments or make huh. me three storyboard or you know something like that the monotonous sure. work that like i don't want to have to just describe environments if i can write like the drama part or write like the 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 important, you know, catches and everything. And so right. it, it is cool to have that, that tool there to free up the creative mind to be able to explore more creative things rather than, oh, my boss has me like writing out these five environments that like, I really don't want to do. So I'm going to just hand this off to my, my AI partner. <laughs> right, right. Well, and I think definitely um, that it is a starting point because sometimes it's nice because sometimes the biggest enemy of a writer or a creator is the blank page or the blank canvas. You're like, what do I put on there? And so it, it's a it's a jumping off point because then you can utilize it and be like, ah, that's a great idea. I'm going to go with it. But we can't we can't forget to go with it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I see here we have Robo. Um, who has joined us. And so Robo, if you have something you want to add, just raise up your hand and jump on in and, and talk with us about um, whatever topic we're on. So today we are. Uh, well, yeah, hello, hello, darling. Hello. It's the first time I've spoke to you. So it's a, it's a pleasure to meet you. I must say that first of all. Very yes, nice. It's a pleasure to meet you too. Uh, I do know Finn uh, very, very well. Uh, he's a partner of mine on a, on a certain uh, Twitter spaces weekly show. Uh, but I, I mean, I'm I'm trying to go to bed. I've been uh, on ChatGPT tonight, though. Like my model, I've been working with my model now for like two and a half months, like trying to train it the best way I can. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to write the best. Oh, sorry, darling. Sorry. I'm here. Yes, I'm hearing. Oh, oh sorry. I thought I thought you wanted to say something. I, I, I've tried to write. I'm, well, I'm, I am trying to write like the the, the best prop in history uh, when it comes to Cosmos. And I was like, well, I'll try and use it and see what I can do. And to be honest with you, uh, and Finn pretty much like knows the backstory. There are a lot of it. It's Finn, ChatGPT has let me down like on, on every front when it comes to what I'm trying to craft. Like I'm going to have to just take the, like, the bare backbones of spine, some of the linguistics it's used. Uh, but dude, like it's pragmatics and it's semantics are shot the bits. It's syntax is like question questionable at best, but like I'm like nah, like ChatGPT cannot do what we can do. Like put it that way. Like I'm I'm really frustrated tonight, actually. Yeah, it's like way past your bedtime, man. We got to read you another Lewis Carroll story to to get yeah. you to go night night. <laughs> just <laughs> but yeah, just to let, like just to let you woman know it's uh, half past three. It's half past three in the morning. Yeah, oh but my dogs goodness. are in bed. I'm, my dogs are in bed. I'm. I'm 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 in pain still off the staircase fall. I uh, don't know worry about me. I'm on loads of meds. I'm all right. Oh and I'm God. off work for a few days. <laughs> but wait, uh, your conversation was really interesting. I saw the word like, you know, hyperbole. And I'm like, oh, well, the craft of writing. And I'm like, this is my like wheelhouse. Uh, yeah. I mean, chat GPT, I'll be, I'll be honest with you about the, like the stuff it's cool with, right? The stuff it's shit with is writing a governance proposal. Right, of for Juno Network, or the okay. Cosmos Network. The thing it's really good for was writing a letter to my mother. In fact, not just a letter, a set of several letters. So, like, I had to have a long, like, communicate with my mother back in England. Uh, I live in Thailand, by the way. Okay. And we had to talk about many things. And and I, I said to chat, like, chat GPT, which I've been training, like, 
will you do this for me? Can you write this letter? He's like, yeah, yeah, fine. And it was great. And I just give it a few pointers. I was like, blah, blah, blah. And it produced exactly what like would have took me 45 minutes or something, right? With yeah. a few prompts. And then, like, I said, uh, sorry, I, I sent it to her. I got the reply. And I was like, oh, she sent me a reply. What do you think about this? And it was like, oh, well, okay. And, and then I started questioning, like, well, what about the tone? What about the diplomacy? And honest to God, this model, like, I felt like, I'm like, wow, this thing's like learning. And, and but like I said to Finn before, uh, a few weeks ago, out the other week, I think, when I, when I did like mention something, I kind of ignored it. So like, I was like, oh, you broke parallel structure there. And it was like, oh, can we help you with anything else? And I was like, oh, so you didn't even pay attention to like my comment about what you just like evidently did wrong. Like in, a, in something as simple as like a CV, you broke parallel structure when talking about responsibilities. Like that's an unforgivable mistake in my job. But like weirdly though, Finn, I, I tried like tonight for it's like say I was on the space, but I was like busy and dude six hours and I'm like I'm coaxing it. I, f I feel like you have to coax this AI. It's not like it doesn't want to give up too easy. If you didn't play a nice, it it doesn't want to play a nice with you. I don't know. That might be yeah. Me. And at a, at a certain point, you just gotta figure this might just be easier for me to handle, and like I'll I'll save the the more monotonous stuff for for the bot. Or something. And I definitely didn't mean to get us derailed from hyperbole onto AI, but I do think it's interesting as a tool uh, when you're learning this craft of writing and all of the aspects to it. I would be curious if you could take that specific skill set and the things that uh, you've learned over your time of being a teacher and a professor and everything, because language is a lot of different pieces, uh, but the AI could be decent at putting them all together if it was properly trained. I think I think I think it has the ability to possibly do something like that. I uh, have experimented with it and said, please write some dialogue about with this character and this character, or please write um, a poem that has rhyming elements and alliteration and rhythm. And it does it does it like functionally it will spit out something. But it's not lovely. It's not. It's not rich. It doesn't have beautiful syntax. The the. It's kind of trite, if that makes sense. It's it's sort of. There's no real voice to it, because I really feel like that when you read something, like if we if we if we read if we all pick up a Stephen King book and we read the first few paragraphs, we can be like, oh yeah. That feels like Stephen King, this, this, that, that world that he's building for us right now, that is a Stephen King pieces. Same with John Grisham, same with, you know, um, Shakespeare, same with Poe, same with Sylvia Plath, same with, you know, all of these different people. But the chat GPT just doesn't have the human voice yet. And it may eventually but it, it just i i don't feel like with my experiencing experimenting with it and my experiences with it it doesn't really have that human i actually quality. i actually i actually asked i actually asked uh Tabby, I, i'm glad you mentioned shakespeare so like i've been wanting to test like like i've been testing out so many things like guys like you wouldn't believe like i like in my little world, what I do in real life, my job, like, like that's my way out, you know what I mean? I, that's what right. I'm born for. Uh, but honestly, like, I was asking it about Shakespeare. Like, like tell me what you, like, you know about Shakespeare. And, uh, they, obviously, they give you, like, the plays and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I'm like, no, no, no tell, tell me what you know about the man. Yeah. Like, what, like and, and Chad GPT couldn't tell me. And then when I questioned it, I was like, well, you do realize, like, he was, like, an evil, really evil man. Uh, he was a very, very large landowner. He had all these peasants like living on his land and he would evict people in the middle of the winter. The stories are like families like huddled up in the middle of the street, dying in the winter. Like Shakespeare was one of the fucking, like most people were in the medieval ages. Like it's not a surprise to think that like he was like this. Chat GPT couldn't handle it. It oh. was like, just like, no, like, no, he did this, he did this, he did, it didn't, it wouldn't give me any information whatsoever. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. 
Well, I'm going to um, take a pause for just a second, reset the room. Everybody, I'm loving this conversation and it's so fun and so engaging for me. I just, there's some new listeners who've popped in. I want to give them an introduction to who, who we are and what we're all doing today and give them an opportunity to jump up and speak. And then I think I might read another poem really quick. So, hello everyone. This is the Roving with Rihanna show. I'm Rihanna and this is the craft of writing. And every week we get together and we talk about a particular piece of writing or a particular literary element that we like to use in our writing. And so we've talked about in the past, we've talked about rhythm and metaphor and illusion. And it's all, um, you can visit my website at RihannaMorgan.com. You can visit my Twitter space. You can visit my Twitter page. You can follow me there. You can find me there. And you can also visit with Terra Spaces, who's um, recording us today and memorializing this for the future. So then you can zoom over and you can grab the other, the past versions, the past um, shows. And so today we are talking about hyperbole. And what hyperbole is, it is a literary device that uses exaggeration um, to create an emphasis or effect. And it can be an effect or an emphasis that is humorous. It can be imaginative. It can talk about themes of greed. It can talk about themes of deception. But we wanted to, I wanted to today, uh, spend a lot of time talking about things that are lighthearted and things that are kind of fun. There's some sadness going on in the world around us. And I wanted to do some things that are a little uplifting today and bring some joy and happiness into our lives. And hyperbole is a wonderful way to do that. And so the next poem I want to read is by Shel Silverstein. He is an American poet. He's a songwriter, children's author. He's best known for his quirky and humorous poetry collections. Um, so there's this one poem that he writes about a kid who's sick and all of the things that this kid goes through. I cannot go to school. I have a rash. I have purple bumps. There's all these things where this kid cannot go to school. Um, and so that is a definite example of hyperbole. But one of my favorite ones is... Sarah Cynthia Sylvia Stout would not take the garbage out. And so I know that this is a children's poem, but he utilizes some amazing poetic elements in it. He uses alliteration. He uses exaggeration, hyperbole. He uses repetition. It's just really a lovely, a lovely um, example of how a poet can mash together all of these elements and create something that's really kind of great. And um, I see we've got some new listeners in the audience. I'm going to send around. This is a this is a participation uh, show, and so if you want to jump in and share something that you've written or talk about what we're talking about, that's lovely. I'm going to send around a round of invites, and. It's by choice only. You do not have to come up on stage, but I love interacting and I love I love meeting my new friend uh, Robo here. And I'm going to send something out here to to Sunny to see if you would like to invite to be invited to speak. You definitely can. And I'm going to send something over to Davies. If you want to be invited to speak, you definitely can. I'm excited to to meet you and talk a little bit about this. And um, so this is now Sarah Cynthia Sylvia Stout by Shel Silverstein. Sarah Cynthia Sylvia Stout would not take the garbage out. She'd wash the dishes and scrub the pans and cook the yams and spice the hams. And though her parents would scream and shout, she simply would not take the garbage out. So it piled up to the ceiling, coffee grounds, potato peelings, brown bananas, rotten peas, chunks of sour cottage cheese. It filled the can, it covered the floor, it cracked the windows and blocked the door with bacon rinds and chicken bones, drippy ends of ice cream cones, prune pits, peach pits, orange peels, gloppy glumps of cold oatmeal, pizza crusts and withered greens, soggy beans and tangerines crusts of black burned buttered toast, grisly bits of beefy roast. The garbage rolled down the halls. It raised the roof. It broke the walls. I mean, greasy napkins, cookie crumbs, blobs of gooey bubble gum, cellophane from old bologna, rubbery, blubbery macaroni, peanut butter caked and dry, curdled milk and crusts of pie, rotting melons, dried up mustard, eggshells mixed with lemon custard, 
cold french fries and rancid meat, yellow lumps of cream of wheat. At last the garbage reached so high that finally it touched the sky. And none of her friends would come to play. And all of her neighbors moved away. And finally, Sarah Cynthia Sylvia Stout said, okay, I'll take the garbage out. But then of course it was too late. The garbage reached across the state from New York to the Golden Gate. And there in the garbage, she did hate. Poor Sarah met an awful fate that I cannot right now relate because the hour is much too late. But children remember Sarah Stout and always take the garbage out. <laughs> so, so funny. <laughs> so funny. So how many of you heard have heard that poem before? Finn, have you heard it? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. My uh, ninth grade or 10th grade uh, poetry teacher was a big fan. Yeah. We got a lot of Poe and a lot of Silverstein and a lot of like Rumi uh, stuff like that. It, it was probably what made me want to be like the writer that I am. Nice, nice. Yes, I'm definitely a Poe fan. I really feel like that a lot of there's a lot of English teachers, you know, if you get us together, that's what we talk about. <laughs> We talk about Poe, we talk about Silverstein, we talk about, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these similar people because their word mastery is just amazing. Now, Robo, have you heard this poem before? Robo might have finally fell asleep. Fell asleep. Oh. Uh, I, I, I haven't, I haven't, but I will say I was mesmerized, right? <laughs> like literally, I, it's like almost 4am, right? And I was like, I I'm going to go to bed. And then I was like, no, wait a minute. I'm listening to this. Uh, I mean, your articulation, your core, core articulation is like impeccable oh. Uh, between, oh my goodness. I mean, it's, it's like, but, but that is a really like, I was listening. And I was just like, wow, that's taking me on a journey. Took me on a journey from one place to another. Like, but talking about poor, yeah. uh, that's an interesting man. That I mean, he's, uh, his early life uh, was quite an interesting life. He's again, he's one of those, isn't he? That he was shaped by like the, the time he lived in, like Dickens. I mean, I'm a, I'm a yeah. huge, massive fucking Dickens fan. Oh, sorry for Me swearing. Too. Sorry, I do apologize. That's okay. but, uh, I, I'm a big Dickens fan, though. I mean, he was the he was the the, the godfather of the complex sentence, right? Exactly. Uh, but he, the, I mean, Pickwick Papers, etc. The, the the darkness, man. That these people can instill in your soul, like Tolkien did to a degree. But you know, I don't know when you listen to this stuff, man. There's something about it that's like, I don't know if I should be asleep, but I'm like, <laughs> I'm on wide awake. <laughs> thank you. That was that. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. That. Oh well, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you. Well, and so Shel Silverstein utilizes this hyperbole to emphasize the stubbornness and determination of the character and create a sense of playful humor. And if we have parents in the audience now or in the future, you know, utilizing humor with kiddos is a great way to be like, okay, so this is really funny, but not so much funny. And maybe, you know, take a little bit of a hint and let, let's go ahead and take the garbage out. Um, but but wasn't, there a, wasn't there also a lack of like multi-like syllable words? A little bit like the, the way that like Eminem raps uh, Finn. Sure. You know, when he, like Eminem goes with a simple like one syllable, like like two or two syllables, but it's, it's not really like it's like it's very, very simple where like pretty much like a very, very young child would kind of understand what you're talking about. Like it's like it bounces almost like a rap. I mean, sure. it was really. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a yeah. good way to like easily rap. A, a more stern message in a coating of like some nice sugar that just helps it go right. down, you know. And I, I've actually learned with our uh, our seven year old that if you do it too much, they start doing it back to you, and then <laughs> well, <laughs> then you have an issue. <laughs> there you go. That's the sign of brilliance. <laughs> I'm gonna keep that in mind next time. She's just being brilliant. It's okay. <laughs> it is. That's wonderful. <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> Oh my goodness, how fun. Yes, no, that that the the beat of the poem, the rhythm of that is just really, you know, it's it um like quickly moves you through because the poem is quite long. Uh, it takes quite a bit of time. Um, but you don't really feel it because the rhythm of it is so like snappy and so quick and so um 
Robo, you're exactly right that it has that really quick piece of it. And I think that that really adds to the humor of it and the playfulness of it. And Do you know what's mad? What's mad is it's like the opposite to what I grew up with. Yeah. So I grew up with like uh, Rudyard Kipling, uh, If, oh. which is like the greatest one. Yeah. I mean, Michael Caine or yeah. Michael Caine's version of If is like one of the greatest things you'll ever yeah. hear. But it's the exact opposite. It's like the yin and the yang of how language can be delivered from that like slow, methodical, right. you know, like almost like orchestral, like, like kind of, you know. Yes. And then it's like you come to that snappy, like kind of, oh my goodness, it's it's like night and day, you know, like what I grew with, what I appreciate now, and I love it all, yeah. Oh, yes, definitely. Yes, language is beautiful and wonderful. And I and sometimes I'll read something and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I love words. And then people look at me like, what is the matter with you? But I literally do. <laughs> like, I think they are so wonderful. And so then that takes us right back to the chat GPT piece is that, that you know, chat GPT, that doesn't have the ability to be Rudyard Kipling. There, there's no way that, that if you you will be a man, my son. Like, there's no way that that is something that it is a possibility right now with the way chat GPT works is because the the soul of it comes from the person who created it. And I... And I correct, I, correct, yeah. Yeah, I'm a great proponent of utilizing tools and picking them up and seeing how do they work and what can they do for us and, and how can they help and how can they help make our lives easier um but then what I he did what he did at that time what he did at that time and like on the road to Yangoon and stuff like like Kipling right. at that time like that was just like man this guy was just at this particular time right uh, in history was on, on another level on a, right. on a compared to all of his peers was just like way ahead of everybody mind right by far right 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 yeah, have you read that on the road to Yangu? I have. On the road to Yangu now. I have. I have. I have. And so many good books. Yes, out there in the world. (laughs) No kidding. No kidding. I know. I know. And so we have a new. We have a new person who's joined us in the audience who's requested to speak. And so yes, hello, uh, Cefi, Cefi, you'll tell What's happening? El Chepe. Yay, nice, nice. They keep making up names for me, but yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yes, please. We're talking about chat GPT. We're talking about hyperbole. We're talking about poetry. We're talking about writing. We're talking about rapping. We're talking about, you know. So if you've got something you want to jump in, introduce yourself and then tell us. Tell us, tell us. We'd love to hear. Yeah. uh, My name is Sefi. I like tech and other interesting things. Um, And uh, yeah, just like, like what I'm using GPT for is simply like a different way to interface with a computer so that I can speak to it in English. It understands enough of what's happening there to provide me feedback again in English. And I don't have to learn how to like program a computer language to like um, push a bunch of buttons to make something happen. Um, It does do interesting stuff though. Like for example, if I take a, if I want to write a letter, but I want it to be, in the ch- the style of Charles Dickens, for example, and then I want it to be also in a little bit of the style of another author. You can like ask it to blend two styles together. It does weird stuff like creating a new style, which is kind of cool. Um, but it's really just looking at patterns and extrapolating new words from those patterns, um, which is kind of fun and cool. It's just a different like way to deal with language but to me all it's going to be is like this is just a way you talk to a computer and are there going to be like versions that are more poetic you know or maybe optimized for like um i don't know specific tasks like accounting or whatever i think that's highly likely so it's still very very early so um i think it's going to do a lot of interesting literary things honestly it's 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 going to be quite fascinating and how, how like that competes with people. I'm not sure. Um, it's going to compete with people for sure though. Cause not even today, like how, what proportion of the population is really a great writer. I would say like, I don't know, a relative minority compared to the to- total human population. Right. So it's going to like democratize at least like basic level English communication for a lot of people, I would think. 
Oh, yes, that's definitely true. I mean, it will definitely be an amazing tool and an amazing tool to communicate back and forth. Like Robo was talking about writing a letter to his mother. I never even would think of something like that. That would be uh, like, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try that out and say, hey, write a letter to my mother. All um, I got to say about that, though, is you better not let your mama know, because the second she finds out she's been talking to a robot and not you, <laughs> Robo, she is not going to be pleased. Right. <laughs> Well, you're right there. You're right there. But I'm not. Listen, it was concerning, like wills and and like like other things. Like there was like quite like like important stuff. And I said, I just said, like I said, can you help me with this? Like this is the situation. I need to like. And Mana came back like really well. But then the com. I mean, I I wish I could like publicly like pause this conversation. But like that's something that you shouldn't do. Like you know. But I wish I could because. It's amazing. The the prop that I tell you what, maybe after the prop, I might post the conversation I'm having with Chat JPT right now. Cause I mean, right, Sefi, uh, I'm writing a prop, right, for Juno, uh, for Rack FM to get funding. And I started like about three days ago or something, right? And myself and Chat Chat GPT have been going back and forth. And honestly, it's been getting a bit feisty with me, Sefi. It's been getting a bit like, like, oh, it's, at times it's been nonchalant. At times it's been a little bit like petulant. Like I'm picking up on these little vibes with it. Like when I'm like, well, that's great, but you forgot. I, I, I told you this, but then you forgot this. And then it's like, well, you know what it's behaving like? Attitude. You know what it's behaving like? It's behaving like a person with multiple personality disorder. Because if you think about how the thing is trained, right, it's been trained on like gargantuan amounts of human like interactions, like different authors, different people, people on social media, like the entire context of like human Internet. It read it and now it doesn't know what it is. Right. It, it doesn't know how to provide it. I think it's either that. It's either that or when you're not using it, it's been off on Reddit and 4chan. And then you're like, hey, come write me this prop. And it's like, oh, okay, here we go again. Yeah, each time you hit enter, it's like it's accessing any random personality of behavior, it feels like. So that's what it is. And I think what will happen over time is like you'll want to train it, train these things to be more like maybe you. So, for example... If you want this thing to copy your writing style more so than like the rest of the internet, then you would feed it a ton of the, like maybe like record, take all your recorded Twitter spaces guys and like, just like save them and then dump them into this thing and go, okay, this is me, like copy me. And these things are pr pretty good at that. Like after about three hours of um, like training these things, it can replicate a lot of our, like, um, what do you call it? Our, maybe our nuances and speaking styles and grammatical styles and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's yeah, all but about I told the you. training, right? It's all about what it's trained on. But I told you when I, when I said about it, like when, when, when uh, Rama, it wasn't even me, Rama got uh, ChatGPT to write a resume and a broke parallel structure. And the interesting thing, and this is what's like, that had me bugged for fucking weeks, sorry, had me bugged for weeks now, is that like out of like uh, about 18 like responsibilities you have for your job, yeah, uh, that you would start with like in your previous job history, like verb two, like you did this, you did that, yeah, you managed, you organized, you implemented, et cetera, et cetera, right? And then it broke it with like successfully did this, right? Whatever the verb uh, two was afterwards, verb, uh, the past simple verb. But like when I when I copy and pasted this into chat, and I was like, "Well, you broke." It, it got salty with me. Like literally, I'm like, "Dude, I'm just trying to like tell you that like you did something wrong." And it started to get salty, and I told Sefi this the other week, and I'm like, "I can't." Sorry, guys. Like it's weird. Like weird. Yeah, that's when you got to reset it and then retrain it. Like, sorry, this isn't working out. So uh, your services are no longer required. <laughs> <laughs> Played a song off into the sunset. That's right. That's funny. That is funny. well, well, darling, you know, darling, you know, parallel structure. And yeah. I mean, well, I mean, the basic con concepts of a, a change in like a shift or in in a logical like shift. We shift in number. We shift in person. We shift in mood. 
uh, like we shift in set, we shift in like five things all together. Yeah, uh, I love to. <laughs> it's late for me, so I'm trying. Uh, but there's like five illogical shifts in English. Like I've been trying to tell my model for ages that it keeps me a mess, and it cannot figure it out, and it doesn't agree with me. And I'm like, dude, what's wrong with you? I mean, I'm not saying dude, but I'm like being really right. nice and polite here. Yeah. Right, right, right. Well, it sounds like you guys know each other. It sounds like you work together. It sounds like you're on projects together, at least anyways. Uh, so, um, Sefi, is that how you say it? Sefi? Uh, Sefi, yeah. Yes. Thank you. Sefi. <laughs> Sefi, yes. Sorry about that. Um, I tried to catch it going through. So, Sefi, tell us. Who are you? What are you working on? What's going on? Introduce yourself a little bit to us. Um, I, I'm just sort of in between seeing folks. I'm, I work in uh, medicine, so I'm a physician. And I'm just okay. kind of like, I had a little break here between things that I'm doing, so I'm just kind of hanging out. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Well, in my other life, I'm a lawyer. So I'm, I'm a writer. I'm a novelist. I, uh, I'm a poet. And I do, I spend a lot of time in Web3, but in, in um, my other world, I'm a lawyer. So uh, words and literature and communication and all of these things are, are hugely important. And so I, I have one more poem that I want to read. But I want to... Do, do you know, before you do, before you okay. do, though, you know, you know what would have been really funny? If you'd said like, oh, I'm an ambulance chaser. <laughs> like if you went, oh, Sefi, I'm a lawyer and I'm an ambulance chaser. <laughs> I'll come after you. Yeah, more like That would have been so funny. Sorry. Yeah, Sorry. No, I'm not. I'm a transactional attorney. I, I work like on contracts and stuff. So no. <laughs> I'm a oh, yeah. Your woman's like me. I do this here. Uh, pro, I have to teach pro-nominal adverbs. And honest to God. You've got no idea what it's like teaching pronominal adverbs to like, and, and I love like where I live, like in Thailand. Like I love working with Thai, you know, Thai people, Thai speakers of English. Uh, uh, yeah, you get it. Just, uh, but my God, you you want to teach people pronominal adverbs? It's literally the worst moment, that the the bottom of your life. Like, and you're if you're in legal English, you know what I mean, right? The old Germanic words, my Jesus, oh God, my. It's, it's, oh, oh, I've been there, yeah. Oh, well, we have some people who have joined us, so I want to reset the room a little bit and invite everybody, if you want to jump up on stage with us, that's wonderful, just raise your hand and, and uh, or request to speak. This is a participation show, and so this is Roving with Rihanna, and I'm Rihanna, this is The Craft of Writing, and today we're talking about hyperbole, and we've also pulled in some other people who've got some pretty good opinions on chat, GPT, and other AI pieces as far as writing is concerned. And um, so we've talked about uh, hyperbole as far as how Lewis Carroll, the author of Alice in Wonderland, and we've talked a little bit about Shel Silverstein, an American poet who writes some things utilizing hyperbole. I do this show every week and we pull in different literary elements. We've done rhythm and metaphor and personification. And you can find all of these if you visit roundamorgan.com. You can find them if you visit Terra Spaces. You can find them there. Uh, you can also visit my Twitter uh, space here. And we talk a lot about writing. And so it's really an exciting thing. But today, I have a Web3 writer that I want to introduce us to. He is named uh, The Sober Guy. And you can find him. Let me see here really quick. I want to grab him up and tell you where you can find him on Twitter in case you're a fan of his poetry. And it's the sober guy. It's at the sober guy underscore. I will, when I do my article for this, he'll, he will be mentioned in that. But the poem that I snapped up today that I would like to read is called Forest Eyes. And when we go through the poem, we're looking for instances of hyperbole, exaggeration. So, Forest Eyes by the Sober Guy. 
I wonder a wild forest with no footprints to show you pass through. I heard just a breeze that blew right through my heart. I saw it and it brought tears to my eyes. I wanted it because it made me feel so alive. Your eyes are like a forest that I had never seen before. You are like the sun and the moon. I believe your thunder and rain. I feel you are a galaxy. I was touched beyond my comprehension. I worry that maybe that is just how these things work out. I cry a poem about you with a touch and a look. Your eyes are like a forest that I had never seen before. I understand that they have so much to say. I say they are so eloquent and captivating. I dream that you are the kind of woman who leaves me speechless. I try not to admire you, but it's impossible. I hope you are the one who loves to read poetry. Your eyes are like a forest that I have never seen before. And I grabbed this up this morning. It just really uh, spoke to me. It's beautiful. The There's artwork that accompanies the poem. It's a beautiful piece. And the use of hyperbole through it really sends a sense of mellow and melancholy a little. It's it's really a, a lovely a lovely rendition um, illustrating the use of hyperbole. And so um, I'll open it up if we've got comments or thoughts. Please let me know. And if you want to, we're sort of nearing the end of the show but if you would like to jump up and say a little bit and then i have a surprise for you at the end of all of this oh yeah woman yeah woman <laughs> could uh, talk your woman could talk the phone book she could she could talk the phone book on a two-hour space and i'd be listening and i'd be like i'm listening that's it she'd be like <laughs> going through the a's and the b's i'd probably fall asleep with the c's but i'm like i'll have that all day anyway uh, finn you know what i mean I messaged Finn in the middle. Guys, in the middle of this, I messaged Finn and I said, your woman can talk the phone book like <laughs> I did. You all are hilarious. <laughs> well, that is a lovely compliment and I'm going to take it take it away with me today. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm down horrendous. I'm down horrendous. These shows are at 4.30 or 4, 4 a.m. All right. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to get the replays. Please, can you get the land of pin? Can you get the land and page sorted on uh mm -hmm, on uh terror spaces? Thank you very much. I need the back catalogue, thank you. Yes, yes. Oh yeah, when the when the people ask for it, I, I try to make it happen. It sounds like Roving with Riona needs her own podcast feed so people can subscribe to just that show and not the fifty thousand other NFT show spaces that are on the, the Terra Spaces feed. <laughs> Oh, this is good. Good host. Reset in the room. Talk like, oh, man, my God. I, I, no, the wonder I'm not going to bed. Sefi, what did you think about Sefi, what did you think about that? If Sefi's at work, listen to this. I bet he's fucking loving it. Yeah, I'm listening along. Yep, just soaking it in. Great. <laughs> well, I have a surprise for you here at the end of all of this. If you visit my Twitter space later, uh, or if you visit my Twitter page later, you will see a link to a Soulbound NFT that I have created for today's show. It is a singular NFT that is my gift to you for you to collect for attending. It's through Quest Chain, and I'll I'll put in a link and you can grab it. And the only the only thing you need to do is type in when you go to collect your nft is type in today's secret word and today's secret word is fantastical fantastical and so it's spelled just like fantastic but then you add i c a l on the end fantastical because we're talking about hyperbole exaggeration and so please feel free to jump in and collect it. It's something that I make for my listeners every week and there are lots of them that you can collect but all you need to do is listen to the previous Terra Spaces uh, Roving with Rihanna Twitter Spaces show and then type in your secret word and you get that one as well. And so please feel free. I love it. And I love to see that people are collecting them. And it's kind of like a little badge that you attended today. And um, I try to make them beautiful and fun. So 
I'm going to reset the room really quick. And then I'm going to invite anyone who has any last minute words that they would like to share. And please do so. I love talking about things. And so this is the Roving with Rihanna show. This is the craft of writing. And every week we get together and we talk about a literary element or some technique that we use in writing. And this week we talked about hyperbole. So I have loved today's show, loved, loved it. It's been so very fun. And so if anybody would like to jump up and say any last words, that's great. And um, I'll pause for a moment and let you do that. Otherwise, we will say good night and goodbye. Oh, thank God I can go to bed now. Uh, I wish you all well, mind the lot is, but I'm so tired right now. Like literally I was going to bed like what, about an hour ago. <laughs> well, then like... Finn got me hooked. He's like, like he's he's giving me like some glue to sniff or something, and I'm like, whoa, that's my glue. Ah, I'm here. Uh, but yeah, great. Uh, I'll be hooking it. I mean, obviously, you know, keep the time, blah blah. I'll be hooking in the replays uh, every week now. Yeah, for sure. I, when I'll join when I can. I'll not be often, but thank you very much. And Safi, yeah, uh, great show. I'm glad you've jumped in, mind. Great kid, Safi. See you later, Finn. Thank you. All. I love. I love the hyperbole. He ends us with sniffing glue. I'm going to assume that's hyperbole. I mean, I don't, it very well may not be, but uh, I, I think uh, he actually, we had an interesting question, and I don't know if you want to end on this or save it for the next show, but the difference between hyperbole and rhetoric, what, what is that difference? Okay, so hyperbole is an over-exaggeration. And it's so, it's like, I've been waiting for a billion years. I'm so hungry I could eat a horse. She hung the moon. Those are all things that are absolutely not to be interpreted literally. Like she didn't hang the moon and sniffing glue in this instance, unless some of us are sniffing glue, I, I can attest I am not. Um, but um, that would also be hyperbole. Rhetoric is a way of expressing or enticing someone to believe a similar piece rhetoric is a is used a lot in advertising and so it almost needs to seem realistic so that um it can be something that people can um connect with or that people can um believe and so does that make sense is it is it is it, is it a call i mean i always i, I have to do this all the bloody time in my job uh, here, is, is it a call to action? Like rhetoric, I would often say is a is a call to action. Where hyperbole is a thought provoking kind of almost like passive. I don't know. I might oh, be wrong. Okay, sure, 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 sure. Okay, so rhetoric—that's a persuasive way of speaking. And so when you're utilizing rhetoric, a lot of people utilize something that, like, if they're trying to convince someone to do something, sometimes they'll approach it logically, and they'll try to convince you in a logical fashion to go ahead and do what whatever it is that they're asking you to do, or trying to persuade you to do. Um, sometimes they play on your emotions, um, and so the. Uh, not to pick on uh, healthcare professionals, <laughs> but maybe I'm not picking on a healthcare professional. I'm picking on more the the uh, medic medication commercials where they sort of show at the beginning. It's sort of a sad kind of sh picture, and that that's playing on your emotions. Oh, this is sad, and then they insert whatever medication it is, and then then the next scene, it's kind of brighter and lighter. And, and so the person who at the beginning, oh, it is sad. And they don't know that they need this medication, but when they, they use the medication, then there's these things that are, oh, it's lovely now. And so that is a, that is a rhetorical device playing on your emotions. Does that make sense? And so that, that is what rhetoric is. It's a persuasive way of speaking or writing to create this. And then a rhetorical question, which Robo is what I think you were getting at, a rhetorical question is not a question that should be necessarily verbally answered, but one that is quietly pondered. And so it's not a, so it's not, um, 
the, the rhetorical question, and maybe we could talk about this next week. Yes, yes, rhetorical question. Maybe we'll add that in, rhetoric and rhetorical questions and, and all of the different pieces of all of that. Yes, we could definitely do that because it does branch off. And my favorite rhetorical question is a long, it has a story. And I know, Robo, you want to go to bed. <laughs> so maybe we'll we'll zoom off and, and do that next week. We'll do that next week. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. Thank you so much for that. I got to bounce and, and get back to work, but yes. it, it's been yes, a pleasure yes. chatting with you and yes. I'll probably see you on the Page Dow show here in an hour. Yeah, yeah <laughs> definitely. Thank you all so much. Today's secret word is fantastical. Happy writing, everyone. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was Roving with Riona, the craft of writing, today discussing hyperbole. Recorded on Tuesday, February 28th, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support now. When we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep your hands off when the play is a bust. Playing old and just, so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two. Help me see the three. Third eye open wide, checking out the scene. Razor beam focus, star scream jokers. Living off the fat of the people they approach. Tell me what happens when the land fights back. With the cliffs at our backs, make the last stand matter. No one ever planned for the famine on deck. We was walking all erect with the dead man's swagger. Sitting in a little den, envision in the middle men. Listen to the fatal man play a little ditty then. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next billion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next billion. Little Dan envisioning the middlemen Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next No one gave a shit till the drugs all dried up Everybody died from a bad batch of Lysol But it didn't matter we was all hyped up When the pedal hit the metal he just didn't have the right skill Watched in the daytime till the night curfew Rats in a cage till they make time to murky Got a little job that falls under my purview We gotta get this mob away from the Birds view. Gotta find cover, wipe off the bird poop, ride off the work while you try on the worst juice. Blinded by perps who try to reverse truth, slide like Fox News just trying to lie to you. Eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants. I can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis. Mock up a basement, could call me resilient. Waiting for the internet to make me a billion. Vision in the middle, men listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty, then talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze trying to make the next billion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze trying to make the next billion. Terror spaces.